All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of At Large Bid as we're getting closer and closer to the college basketball season. Um, just had Musketeer Madness last week, just had got wrapped up Big East and American Athletic Conference Media Days. Shout out to Kyle Brandon of the Shot Callers crew getting a snippet of me interviewing Penny Hardaway on ESPN. Never yeah, thought in my life that ever happened to me. Yeah, that was wild. You sent it to me like a little bit later. I was like, what the heck? It was awesome. It was kind of cool seeing that. So. Yeah, it was wild, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I ran upstairs real quick and I showed it to my wife. I like yeah. called my dad and sent it to him. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. yeah, you know, like it was, it was kind of like my, my moment. It was pretty awesome. Right. Um, and yeah, then I got to talk to Jay Wright at Big East Media Day and he was super cool, man. I only got a question in, but, um, I really love like the thing I love the most about like Big East coaches is none of them just answer questions yes or no, except for like Patrick Ewing. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. He just, he just doesn't want to, he wants to get it over with. Yeah, he hates media. And like, I don't, he hasn't said he hates media, but my assumption from being around him for four years now is he's not fond of talking to media, uh, which is fine. That's totally cool. But like Ed Cooley gives you like a 45 minute answer. Um, so I asked Jay Wright about um, being a part of the Team USA staff this year for the Olympics. And I was like, what did you kind of take away from that? And, you know, that you can take and bring to your players and just gave this incredible answer. And Taylor, it was in that moment when I decided, and I talked to a couple of people about this, just kind of throwing this out there. It was in that moment that I decided when Greg Popovich is done with team USA, it should be Jay Wright's job. I like that. I also, I also like a college coach being the head of the USA. It gives the pros a different perspective to listen to. Um, you know, Dean Smith, Roy Williams, Mike, Mike Stuseski did it. Like, you know, it kind of carries on that lineage of like great college coaches who also transform into the um, NBA scenes as well. And yeah, like you said, Jay Wright is, I mean, if not one, one A, the choice that should be for, you know, the guy at the helm. Um, I think it'll probably go to Steve Kerr. I did probably. Too. Yeah. One of, but I think Kerr will retain, retain uh, Jay Wright on, you know, his staff of, going forward. I just think he, his basketball mind is, is unbelievable. He's, his teams are so well coached, so well disciplined. Um, they really buy into their culture there. So it's a nice guy to, that you could potentially put at the helm of USA basketball and understand that you're not going anywhere out of the national dominance. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, plus, you know, I got to see him wear a suit again. <laughs> yeah. First time in a while. Yeah. I don't think I'm people, sure he- people who don't understand what we're talking about here. Jay Wright always has the best suits. Oh yeah, perfect so, to a T. It's like a Batman villain or Batman like Batman himself kind of yeah. suit. Like it's, yeah, it's he, the highest dollar, all that. So he could one hundred percent be Bruce Wayne. I could see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So kind of want to touch on that real quick. Uh, we got some Memphis basketball yesterday. They played an exhibition game, so that was cool. I guess we're at that point already. Uh, Jalen Dur- Duran was dominant, and yep. because they played against nobody, but you know that's fine. Um, get their legs underneath them. So, which leads to kind of our first topic before we get into our conference previews today. And that is Memphis's conference of Conference USA. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the American Athletic Conference um, deciding to add six new schools with their departures of the University of Cincinnati and I can't remember. Houston, 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 and UCF. And UCF. So they are bringing in Florida Atlantic, Charlotte. North Texas, University of Texas, San Antonio, Rice, and the University of Alabama, Birmingham. It's kind of, a, it's honestly kind of a good mix with decent football schools and some semi-sneaky good basketball teams. Um, 
you know, North Texas beat Purdue last year in the first round of the tournament. Um, they were a 13 over a four upset, um, a really good Purdue, Purdue team that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But UTSA is undefeated. I think they're ranked like 22, 23 right now in college football. Um, UAB under Andy Kennedy, they are looking pretty good as one of the conference favorites in the Conference USA, um, which, which is what they're currently in now until, until they go to the AAC. Um, it's one of those things like, yeah, you lose your juggernauts, but like I still think the moves they made are respectable enough to make the conference – semi-competitive will the will non-diehard college basketball fans probably look into the AAC or watch the AAC probably not but I think the you know the, the talent they bring is a good mix of good coaches slash some veteran teams you know you add in there it's still gonna have Wichita still gonna have Memphis um still gonna have what South Florida they're still in there mm-hmm. correct yeah yep. right so there's some decent schools where it's like okay like we can kind of solidify ourselves as these four or five teams are a threat to make the tournament every year, or it might just turn into a, this is Memphis's comp- Memphis and Wichita State's conference and everybody else kind of goes wayside. So it can kind of go up and down. Yeah. I think I'm kind of like Memphis, particularly with, you know, obviously the national attention they're getting. I mean, we talk about them. There's probably a segment every week. We talk about them now. Um, and just kind of seeing their growth and like how, how big their program's getting like, is staying in the American their best best idea at this moment? Unless so, they can't go to Big East in basketball without without losing their football. Unless their football goes to an independent, um, right? Is that that's probably how it works, honestly? But I can't see them joining the SEC. They're not even remotely there on a football um, or maybe even a basketball level right now. Um, I know they have high expectations this year, but. SEC has some sneaky, really good title contender teams in that conference. Um, AAC, I could see, or ACC, I could see them joining. Um, they kind of fit right in, in the mold with a mediocre football school with um, a good basketball program. I wouldn't hate that. I don't particularly want that to happen. Um, I'm surprised the Big 12 didn't come after them because that kind of fits the mold that yeah. they would have gone into. But yeah, I don't know what the plan is. I mean, hopefully, if they rack off a couple years of dominant reign in the AAC or whatever the the current or post era of AAC basketball is right now. I could see them looking for other ventures, but they also might just want to be the King. I mean, back in the day when Louisville was in the conference USA with Memphis, they would play a lot. But then once Calipari was at um, Calipari was at Memphis and ran, there wasn't really a lot of competition for him every year. He seemed to do just fine there. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, that very well could be the case. I would love, I know you don't necessarily agree with me, but I think that'd be fun in the ACC. Well, I mean, they fit, like I said, they fit the mold on what is needed, a mediocre football and a good basketball program. But yeah, I mean, like you said, continue it. It'll be good matchups and stuff like that. So, yeah, I dig it. Um, But yeah, we'll see, man. Um, I mean, like I said, I just, my biggest worry, I think, is that they'll be uh, Gonzaga of the East. And I don't really want that. And I don't think they necessarily want that. I mean, he kind of talked quite a bit about, how important his non-conference schedule is to him because he doesn't want to play a bunch of like he doesn't want to stack wins he wants to play the best competition um so yeah i mean i think you're right i think it's it's you can only have you can play the tennessees you can play in holiday tournaments you can play in these things but you know you're eight and eight and three going into your non-conference or going into conference schedule and you win 16 or 17 like are you really getting better maybe maybe you figured some things out but Long term, you get better by playing at tough environments, at hard schools, and stuff like that. So, yeah, 
I agree, man. I'm completely there with you. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and move on and we'll get to the basis of our shows today. So this say is Big 12 and Big 10 previews. And truthfully, as I was doing research for this, um, you can probably make the case that these might actually be the two best conferences in basketball this year. Uh, looking at Ken Palm. So these teams in the top 25 on Ken Palm have a combined 12 teams. Um, Big 12 has Kansas. Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, and then uh, the Big Ten has Michigan, Illinois, Purdue, Ohio State, um, and um, Michigan State and Iowa. So that's like you know the top twenty-five. These two te- these two conferences particularly have a bunch of guys. Um, if you look through like websites like Tankathon, um, there are you know a lot of NBA talents in these two conferences. I know one name that uh, NBA scouts are really excited about as Michigan State's Max Christie. So we're going to talk about him a little bit today as well. Um, but really a lot of fun here uh, between these two these programs. So let's go ahead and start with um, the Big 12. And yep. I, you know, obviously defending NCAA champion Baylor Bears are here. Uh, they do not have Davion Mitchell anymore, obviously, as he's moved on to the NBA and is playing very well so far for the Kings. Right. Um, no Jared Butler. Yeah, it's going to be a really different team for Scott Drew's crew. Um, but uh, Texas obviously gets Chris Beard, which is just best a, hire of last year. Perfect fit. An absolute perfect fit. Shout out my guy, Mike Buter, Newport Central Catholic guy. Uh, he's an assistant on uh, the staff at Texas. So, Wow, good for him. Mm-hmm. Did not even realize. I knew he was with UC with the brand administration, but did not realize he ended up at Texas. That's yeah. awesome. He's hooking it now, man. Yeah. Gotta don't, do that. don't do that at a Texas game. You'll get kicked out. Horns down. Yeah. <laughs> I get so butthurt about that. But do you want to, who do you, do you want to start with Texas? We can kind of just lead in there. Yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of the biggest one. Um, you know, three man, we've had them at number five in their top 40 countdown. They yeah. obviously bring in Marcus Carr, which is kind of one of the bigger name they, from Minnesota. Um, they bring in Devin Askew from Kentucky. They bring in Christian Bishop from Creighton. Uh, Trey Mitchell from UMass. Love him. Um, yeah, I do too. And, so good. you know, that really like, although they didn't dominate the quote unquote recruiting as part of like what we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago in the recruiting class portion, um, really brought in a lot of really good talent. I mean, I talked to a buddy who worked at, U- at University of Minnesota. I was like, did you guys have any chance whatsoever of keeping Marcus Carr? And he said, no. Yeah. <laughs> that no he way. Was- I think it was Louisville, Texas, or the wherever uh, the New Zealand Bleakers, whatever it is, wherever RJ Hampton played. Yeah. Um, when he went to Australia, it was down between those three. And then he didn't visit to Louisville and then he committed to Texas. Um, but kind of like you said, yeah, their, their recruiting rank um, going into this year is not great. They didn't bring in a lot of five star freshmen or anything like that. Um, you hit it right on the head. You know, this team loses Matt Coleman, a lefty guard, a senior guard. They lose Jericho Sims, they lose Kai Jones, and they lose Greg Brown. Um, three pivotal post players that played for on the wing and played kind of in and out for Texas last year. But, you know, I think they had the best transfer portal class of there is, like you said, Marcus Carr and an elite guard from Minnesota, Dylan Disu, a guy that can stretch the floor from Vanderbilt. Um, Jerry Stackhouse is not pleased to let him walk. Trey Mitchell was the um, 10 preseason player of the year last year, you know, with COVID and everything. He probably, I think UMS had a lot of like stoppages on the year. So it was kind of hard for him to get to a rhythm. But he's, a, he's an elite big that can kind of just kind of do what he wants in the paint as well as kind of step out and hit some shots. Christian Bishop is a three that played at Creighton last year. Um, I'm a little 
down on him compared to what others think. I think he's an okay shooter that kind of plays his role well, but I think with a team full of Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Jace Freebies, you know, and then you get Marcus Carr, he can find his, find his niche there um, to kind of, uh, you know, produce better for him. Timmy Allen's a guy they bring in from Utah as well. That's another forward. That's going to be a stud alongside Trey Mitchell. Yeah. He, I mean, he was so good last year and then Devin Askew, but at this point for Askew, you know, all the pressure is really off of him. He had a really bad year last year at Kentucky and, you know, it wasn't the only freshman that had a bad year. Um, you know, tough environment to play in, tough environment to grow and expand your game. And I think a change of scenery for him would be probably best suited for everybody involved. I think you can kind of play him alongside of Marcus Carr as a guy that can drive and dish, or you can play him off the bench um, when Jones and Carr needs a break and ask you can fill that void for a guy that can come in and, um, and score for you. So, and, you know, like my biggest thing is the culture, um, you know, Shaq Smart was hired at Texas after his VCU Final Four runs and never won an NCAA tournament game at Texas. Um, and then now you're bringing in Chris Beard, a guy that was in the national title game two years ago yeah. against Virginia with a, a team full of eh guys, uh, you know, one NBA player and Jarrett Culver and then three or four role players around him. I think his defensive mindsets are amazing. I think he's a really like X's and O fundamental coach, probably two or three coach in the nation with X's and O's. Um, but I think he's going to be a home run. He was a graduate of Texas, graduate assistant, knows the program, made a lateral move, or not the lateral move, but made the move from Texas Tech and Lubbock to Austin. And now he's going to be at the helm for the, the Longhorns. I think offseason, if you would have given him a grade, that'd be an A+. Plus. I, mean, I agree. I, they, they crushed it. They laid the foundation this year to then build on it for the next upcoming years for their recruits. Yeah. Um, I wonder how close Mac McClung was to going to Texas to play with him. Because there was that conversation about when he put his name in the draft and yep. he also put his name in the transfer portal. So I wonder how much that that was potentially discussed for him to kind of leave tech with him. And then yeah. when, when, he, when uh, Chris Beer realized he had Marcus Carr on the fold, he was like, yeah, go get yeah, paid, yeah, son. Yeah, go to the draft. Know, go, go, go play with the Lakers in the, in right. the training camp. Like, well, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like this team a lot. Um, really think they have a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Let's go ahead and move to Kansas real quick. Uh, this is another team where, um, obviously, every year you can talk about how good they are. Uh, they bring out back Ochai Agbaji. I yeah. always get his name wrong. Uh, he will be drafted in the NBA this year. I am telling yeah. you, this kid will be drafted. Uh, they bring in Remy Martin from Arizona State. They bring in Jalen Coleman Lands from Iowa State. Um, and, you know, really their biggest loss is Marcus Garrett. But, just super deep Bill Self team once again. Yeah, it's completely reloaded. They also bring in um, Joseph Youssef, who played for Drake. He was that explosive guard. Um, last year, you watched in the tournament as well as throughout the um, drawn a blank the Missouri Valley that they battled with Loyola Chicago. He was that lead guard for Drake that played really well. Yeah, um, Bobby Pettiford's a guard that they bring in from North Carolina. He's a five star guard. So guards are not going to be the problem this year for Kansas. You look back at their last three or four really good teams and 2020, they were right there, probably the national title favorites right before COVID shut the tournament down. Um, they always have two guards. So this year they have Remy Martin and Bobby Pettiford and Joseph Youssef. And then it was Frank Martin or Frank Mason and Devonte Graham. And, you know, it was Mario Chalmers and Brandon Rush. Like their really elite teams are when they have guards that can both do the same thing. They can space the floor. They can drive and penetrate the shooters in the corner. 
I think Jalen Wilson is going to be elite for them. He's a six eight, six nine forward that can fill it up from the outside as well, put the ball on the ground, uh, you, you know, and, and and drive the basket and create for others or create and finish for himself. Um, David McCormick is a monster. Christian Braun is a sniper from deep. Uh, Mitch Lightfoot is there for his twelfth year. I think this kid is like. 29 years old, but he's a solid backup big that you have. They do lose Marcus Garrett, like you said, but I think, you know, you give Bill Self some talent, especially like the likes of Remy Martin, who is already the preseason player of the year for the Big 12. Um, And I think the expectations are sky the limit with both them and Texas are definitely my clear tier one and tier two or tier one teams, um, both Texas and Kansas. I think Kansas is my tier one team is one of my tier one teams like in the country. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I think they're, you know, if they stay healthy and Bill self doesn't coach himself out of games, there's no reason Kansas should not make the final four. They are that good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm exaggerating. They just are so deep. They're so elite. Their schedule's really fun. You know, they play Kentucky <laughs> this year in the big 12 sec classic, that yep. classic in the middle of conference play non-con game. That's a blast every year. Uh, yep. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked for this Kansas team. Um, it's, you know, I think right now I'm kind of like getting an idea as far as like Baji, kind of a lot of people have him in the second round, late first. Um, could really see him being one of those guys that really improves his draft stock through the year and gets into that middle first round. No, I don't think he's going to get to the lottery. I just think this draft class is decent. Right. Enough. Um, I don't know if he can jump a guy like Kennedy Chandler or anyone like that by any means. Uh, but like him. I like this team a lot. I think that, you know, like I said, I think this is a final four bus team for them. And I don't mm-hmm. think I'm exaggerating there. Um, let's real, let's go real quick to, like I said, the defending NCAA champion Baylor bears who are without a lot of guys this year, as we mentioned, um, probably the best player on this team. If you guys are looking, is probably Matthew Mayer. Um, he's a small forward that can stretch the floor. He's really, really talented. Um, three man. We've had them at number 11 in the country. Yeah, I'm still I'm still pretty high on Baylor. Like as of last year, where they were just a defensive juggernaut and offensive force. Like, no, I don't think they're elite on both ends of the basket of the court this year. But um, I like what they bring in. I mean, like you said, they bring back Michael or Matthew Mayer, Adam Flagler, um, Flo Thamba, which is like top five, you know, greatest basketball names of all time. Absolutely. Um, they bring He's in James a rap Ken- song. For sure. Yeah. yeah. They bring in James Akinjo from Arizona, which is formerly from Georgetown. Um, if you watched familiar. last year for Arizona, um, he was elite with – he was a, a ball-dominant guard where he was getting his teammates involved as well as looking for his own shot. And I think that is the recipe that Scott Drew needs him to, like, recreate this year if Baylor wants to have any success. Um, they bring in Kendall Brown, which is a five-star, and then Langston Love, which is a four-star guard. So two guys that are going to be able to come in and help space the floor for their bigs. Because Mayer was a guy that, you know, I'm very curious with him. He was a guy that played, I wouldn't say spot minutes, but, you know, 12, 14, 16 minutes a game. And when he came in, he was just like a, a explosion. Like he was all over the place. And it's it'd be nice to see. It'll be it'll be weird to see the how those numbers correlate to 40 minutes per game or 35 minutes per game. Um you know, they, they do lose a lot. Macy O.T., Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Mark Vidal, you know, key pieces to their national championship run. Um, but I, I'm with you. I think Baylor's very good offensively, and their defense was kind of set last year in stone. Like, the foundations were set that they, they – it's kind of like that pack line defense. When the ball goes in, they collapse, um, and their guards are so elite and so physical that they – they're not getting blown by pass that, that often. So, um, you know, it might be a step down compared to their expectations compared to last year, but I think 
competitive in the Big 12 and being a top three or four team in the Big 12, which will be a really good conference, is right where you want to be after winning a national championship. So, did we do we have photos? I haven't seen any photos from Baylor practice. Does Mayor still have his mullet? He does have the mullet. Okay. Yeah, which is tough to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm that trend me. came back, <laughs> but it did. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like this Baylor team. I think they're decent. Um. This is just such a deep conference. I think they'll. You know, they're obviously going to make the tournament. I think their ceilings probably elite eight. Um. So I'm excited to see what they do. Um. But let's go ahead now, and we'll move to Texas Tech, yep. who did lose Chris Beard and actually did a really good job and scrambling to put the roster together. Um, I think that scrambling is probably an insult to them because they are going to be really good. So I apologize for that. Um, you know, they do bring back Terrence Shannon, who also is on NBA draft boards. They mm-hmm. do bring back uh, Kevin McCuller, who's a pretty decent player. They lose Mac McClung. They lose Kyler Edwards. Um, guys, they bring in Daniel Bacho from Arizona. They bring in Sadara Calhoun from Florida State. They bring in Bryson Williams from UTEP. Um, you know, and so, and they bring in Adonis Arms from Winthrop. So, did a really good job putting a roster together. They're, you know, and uh, sorry not to interrupt, Kevin O'Banner for Kevin from O'Banner or Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that was Max A. Smith and Kevin O'Banner were the darlings of the tournament last year when they led Oral Roberts to the almost the Elite Eight. <laughs> yeah. But continue. Go ahead. But no, I mean, I was just wrapping up, kind of just talking about the guys they bring in. It's going to be a little bit different. I don't know if you'll see that super running gun Texas Tech team we've seen in years past. Um, but I think their NCAA tournament team, I think they'll be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, for losing your 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 head coach, your guy that runs the program, um, they did all right with their replacements and with the talent they brought in. Um, I don't know. Did you ever watch the... Um, the Netflix, I'm drawing a blank on it now. It's the last chance you, but for basketball. I watched the first couple episodes. So KJ Allen um, is the kid that went to USC and then now he's going to, um, he's going to be at Texas Tech this year. Oh, he's okay. the, it was the, the forward with like dreads. Uh, he's really, I mean, they're their best player, but he's actually on this team as well. So that'll be kind of fun to watch a guy that, you know, you watch on Netflix or if you watch that series, you kind of have a connection with. Um yeah, this team's going to have to – I'm not worried about them. I think they'll be middle-of-the-road Big 12 and a, a tournament team, but I don't particularly know what their identity is as of right now. With with Beard, it was good defense and stifling offense that would kind of wear you down, um, work, work shot clocks for the right shot, and then you know get their best option there. With I'm not entirely sure what that offense looks like right now, but, I mean, when you have a guy like Terrence Shannon, you know, this is – this is a guy, a recipe for a big 12 player of the year. Um, you look at a lot of the teams that we've already talked about, such as Kansas, Baylor, um, at Texas, they're very star studded where they have guys that are capable of winning big 12 player of the year, but there's also three or four guys around each of them that are like, Hey, I got to get mine as well. So I think you're looking at a position where someone like a Terrence Shannon can be like, Hey, I am Texas tech this year. We go as I go. And you know, his success can translate to a wins and then be some accolades for himself. This during the offseason, I guess, as well. Yeah, that's a name they uh probably a late first rounder people should keep an eye on. I think his yep. talent levels, NBA abilities. Um, so I'm curious to see how he kind of reacts this year without Chris Beard. Um and, he, go ahead. Sorry, the Mark Adams was is Chris Beard light. Like he was with him on the yeah. bench at Little Rock. He was with him when he was at Texas Tech. So you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the same principles and the identities will stay. You know, it's just Adams will have his own little tweak on it as well. Um, I, I 
the big thing is just if, as long as you can get guys to build in those first two or three years of when you take over a program are so huge because you got to build your identity there. And I think, you know, I can't wait for the Texas at Texas tech game. Oh my I know. God, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like it's going to be crazy how much they boo them and how fun that environment's going to be. Um, and kind of what we've mentioned, we talked about the first episode when we brought the show back this year. Um, it's just going to be so nice to have crowds. Like think about at games at Austin, think about games at Allen Fieldhouse, Baylor when it's rocking, like it's going to be so fun to turn on your TV on Saturday morning or a Monday night and the place be going bananas and, you know, you'll be able to sit down and watch it a nice big 12 game. So. Yeah, I am all for it, man. So two more teams I want to touch on here in the big 12, um, obviously West Virginia. So friend of the program, Sean McNeil comes back to school when we talked to him, his name was, and he was on the show. He had put his name in the draft. Um, obviously lose Dukes McBride to the NBA playing for the Knicks. Um, but they bring a lot of guys back. Uh, Sherman bridges, uh, Kedrian Johnson, Isaiah Cottrell, Obviously, the guys that bring back Huggy Bear gets those guys back. They were a really good scoring team last year. Uh, kind of got away from that press Virginia. Um, and then I don't know how much you've talked to Sean um, yep. to kind of talk about like what he's kind of told you about like, you know, the camp and everything. But some of the guys they bring in, like uh, Malik Curry from Old Dominion, Demon Kerrigan from Florida International, and they bring in Seth Wilson as a recruit. Um, pretty deep West Virginia team, uh, you know, has the look of an NCAA tournament team on paper. Yeah, I mean, their Culver leaving was big. Deuce, Deuce is the difference of them being top 10, top 10, top 15 to top 25, top 30. Um, they do bring in Paulie Paulcap from DePaul, or, or sorry, yeah, Manhattan as well. Um, he's a guy that kind of comes in, is a big, he's a big for them as well. But yeah, the, the team really lives and dies, unfortunately, with Sean and Taz Sherman. So Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman, who I'm talking about, um, both are elite shooters, both shot over 40% last year for West Virginia. Now, granted, a lot of that came from when Deuce was penetrating. That's a lot of the defensive focuses were on um, Deuce, the defense assignments. So Sean and Taz are going to have to be, be there to space the floor again. Um, I think the offense is going to run through both of them. Jalen Bridges is a guy that was it, it has been playing really well all, all off season. Sean has been telling me Gabo Saboyan is the energy guy. Um, very good defender, very good offensive rebounder. You know, I'd like to see him become a little bit more well-rounded on the offensive end. But other than that, um, this team, this team has potential. I, I like the pieces they brought in. Um, they just played a secret scrimmage. You know, the, last weekend, a lot of the teams were playing their scrimmages. Um, they played Dayton um, up in Columbus, which was, he's kind of telling me how, how they looked. He said it was nice to, to uh, get, you know, get the, some rust off there and see exactly where they stand. So um, didn't really get into the scores and whatnot, but, you know, it, it's nice to see competition there. Uh, I think West Virginia will be fine. I think they're going to have to be better defensively. Last year, their offense was good enough to slide on the defensive end. So, but I think this year um, they're going to have to be a little bit more well-rounded on the defensive end for them to repeat some success that they had last year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And lastly, the team, like, team talk about the Big 12 is Oklahoma State. Um, obviously, anytime you replace the number one pick in the draft, uh, that's pretty tough. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, they did bring and then, in... And then fire his brother off the coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> Weird timing. Yeah. Really strange timing. Um, guys that come in that I, you know, Musa Cisse from Memphis, who we talked about a couple weeks ago. We couldn't believe, like, left Memphis. Uh, in conference, they bring in Bryce Thompson from Kansas and Tyreek Smith from Texas Tech. Um, so, yee, you know, um, a lot of the same guys coming back. Caleb Boone, Rondell Walker, Bryce Williams, 
to name a few, Avery Anderson. Um, but I don't know how much I necessarily love this team. I think they're pretty good. Um, I think they'll be able to make a run at the tournament again. Oh, wait, are they eligible? Yep. Well, yeah. I don't, they haven't ruled it yet, but yes, right. As of right now, they are. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, they'll be okay. Um, but I don't know if I really like them anywhere near as much as I like the five teams we talked about previous. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a drop off. Um, you lose six, nine playmaker, number one pick in the draft, <laughs> but did everything for you, you know? And I think there was a, there was a stat last year. I, I was looking on Ken Palm or listening to three man. weave. they're talking about how good Kate Cunningham was at the late game. So there were so many games that one or two possession games that Oklahoma state would win because of Cade, whether it would be a defensive stop or an offensive rebound or a score by him. That is five from what you're getting. Thompson's a guy that can fill it up. Um, had a rough year last year at Kansas, but I think a change of scenery for him will be good. I think he's a good shooter that can play off ball and um, give you something on the def- defensive end. But, you know, this is a big year for them. They've, they're rolling on success. They're finally, they're finally finding some stability there. Um, Boynton's getting his guys in there. He's got a tremendous sophomore class that hopefully can grow into a junior and senior team that is really um, ready to you know, challenge for the Big 12 title. But I don't know if they're there this year. I think they're one or two years away from – I think a year away from being really solid. I think if the pieces they brought in stay um, and they kind of become a well-rounded unit, this year they might take some lumps. But next year they'll be in a key spot to be like a Baylor like last year or like a Kansas. They'll be ready to battle them for the top seed. Yeah, I'm with it. All right, man. So that being said, let's kind of talk real quick about, I would say probably at the minimum five NCAA tournament teams. Um, I think, yeah. I, I think Oklahoma I, could definitely make it. That's kind of what I wanted to say. I just, I, real quick on them, Porter Moser is now the head coach at Oklahoma. Um, so you go from Lon Kruger to Porter Moser, and I, I think both are excellent coaches. Um, he brings in the Groves brothers from Eastern Washington. So Tanner um, and another guy as well, Jordan Goldwire from Duke. They're going to have a really good defensive team. I think they're going to struggle to score the ball this year. Um, I think Moser getting his guys in there, building a program like he did at Loyola Chicago. All the pieces are there that he can build a team in the next couple of years and they'll be really competitive. Now they will be in the SEC probably the next time that they're good, but I can't wait to watch him scheme up against Calipari in the five star watching him make the game 42 to 40 and Calipari loses his mind. So, but I think they're, they're close. I think they could surprise people for a tournament bid, but I'm with you. I think the five or six that we mentioned beforehand are pretty much solidified. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously the big question for Oklahoma is how do you replace Brady Manick? And I know you're excited to talk about that next week in our ACC SEC previews, yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I just kind of think that they have a little bit of ways to go, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be awesome to have Porter Mosier there. I think he's going to be a blast. Um, all right. So with that being said, we'll go ahead real quick. Um, I think the easiest one for, is you know, the big 12 player of the year. Looks like a lot of people are picking Dave McCormick from Zay- from Kansas. Um, I think I'm going to stick with my Marcus Carr pick for newcomer of the year and ACC player. I mean, a big 12 player of the year. All right. I'll make mine easy then. I like, I like that pick cars, a dynamic guard. Um, I'm going to go. We talked about it in our Texas tech preview. I'm going to go Terrence Shannon as the player of the year. And then the freshman slash newcomer of the year will be Remy Martin from Kansas. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Both I said David scores. Carr, by the way, so I should be fired. Ah, it's all right. Marcus cars. Football is on the brain. Yeah. At Houston, Texans, Austin, Texas. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> and then <laughs> I think Bill Salt basically just like walks in with the conference coach of the year. 
Yeah, unless Chris Beard and them dominate it, it, I think, you know, Kansas has that streak of winning so many conference titles. I think it kind of continues this year. They're my pick to win the conference, and they're my pick to win, or Bill Self is my pick to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And like I said earlier, I suspect Kansas will be a Final Four team. If they aren't, yep. just, you know, something crazy happened. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, we can all go ahead and go to the Big Ten, who also have a very stacked conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a conference that looking at them on paper, you can make a case for eight, potentially having eight tournament teams. We're not going to talk about all eight. Don't worry. Um, I do want to say real quick, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Minnesota because they're going to have a really, 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 really brutal year. Yep. Um, I will definitely be rooting for Ben Johnson. I loved him at Xavier. I think it's awesome. He got to be the head coach at his alma mater. And I hope he has a chance to really build his program there. You know, obviously, like we said, in the Big 12 stuff, losing Marcus Carr to start, your tenure is not very fun. Um, but hopefully he kind of gets some time and I hope they give him a chance because he, they, what I kind of hear is he's really doing a good job building his program for next year, getting recruits and things in. So that's all the Minnesota talk we'll have. Yeah, I the, uh, My Minnesota talk is the same. We'll, we'll be Georgia talk next year or next week. Uh, both are going to be the worst two power five schools in the country. Like just Maybe, yeah. betting advice, just whoever they're playing, take Minnesota or take the opposite of Minnesota, the opposite of Georgia. I promise it'll be, you'll get, you'll beat the house nine times out of 10. So they're gonna be terrible. Yes, they're going to be really bad. So looking at this conference, kind of give you guys a couple ideas of players to look for. Um, Caleb Houston from Michigan, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, mm. probably lottery guys. They're yep. really good. So we're, I can't wait to talk about their teams. Max Christie from Michigan State, who I kind of mentioned earlier, he's the guy that's kind of like teetering on that lottery line um, talent-wise. So I'm really excited to see what he brings as well. And then Keegan Murray from Iowa is also a guy to look for and to in, as far as potential next-level players in this conference. Um, let's go ahead and let's start with the Boilermakers of Purdue. Um, obviously, when Matt Painter's your head coach, you have a chance every every night. Um, guys they have coming back like Travion Williams and Eric Hunter, Brandon Newman. Um, they do lose Aaron Wheeler, but they bring in Trey Kaufman-Wren and Caleb First. Um, obviously, your typical Purdue team, uh, we talked about this last week. We really hate that this is the end of the Crossroads Classic this year where they play Butler, as Notre Dame will play Indiana, who we'll talk about a little later. Um, but I think this Purdue team really has tremendous upside, a ton of talent, and obviously Matt Painter's your coach. And this is a team that really – I mentioned Kansas as a just about a lock for the Final Four. I wouldn't say Purdue's just about a lock, but I think they're definitely going to be in the running for it. Yeah, they're my hot take. They're my like number two team in the country. Like they're, I think they're, they're so good. everything they have. Like I mean, so their sophomore class is Jalen I Jalen Ivy, uh, Zach E, who is like seven five. Like people forget how unbelievable he is. Um, Newman and Gillis as well. You know, Mason Gillis and Brandon Newman are guys. That's all their sophomore class. Um, and then you throw in, you know, preseason top all, all preseason first team Travion Williams, um, and you kind of have a recipe for some success there. My biggest thing is it. Ivy and Hunter are the key pieces for them. Travion is a guy that he gets the ball in the low block, defensive collapse to him. He's so good at that quick first pass that he'll hit either Edie in the middle or hit Ivy or in Newman or Hunter on the wing for threes. Um, They play a a little bit slower than my liking compared to the roster that they have. I think they can play a little bit more up pace and, you know, potentially score a little bit more, but 
Matt, Matt Painter's biggest thing is spacing and Ivy will be in a lot of pick and rolls with Williams and Ivy is so good at driving the ball. I wish my biggest complaint with him is towards the end of the year, he was shooting like 28% from three. Like we need to get that up a little bit higher. If they're going to be going to the final four, like I kind of expect them to be. Um, I, I think Edie is a matchup nightmare. I don't know how you prepare for a yeah. seven foot five monster. I don't, my only complaint is just because basketball is getting away from the Roy Williams era or the, old school era of two bigs. I don't know how you play Williams and Edie together because you're just asking to get sp- spread out and driven on. Um, but it's a good problem to have. You're scoring on one end. You can kind of find some rotations to work. I think this team is phenomenal. I think the freshmen that they bring in w- won't probably play that much because of how loaded they are, but they're solid pieces to continue this, this success. Um, all my stocks high on Jaden Ivy. I think he's an elite guard that will show this year that he is not was not just a flash in the pan last year, and I think he's going to be really good for him. Um, at, you know, Williams was there, led the team in assists last year, and I think it's all the makings of a Big Ten championship team, and if not, like maybe a lead eight, Final Four ceiling. Yeah, I am completely with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love fun. this team. They're fun, man, and a team I love, the Michigan Wolverines. Had a you know were the one Big Ten team last year that were promising in the tournament. Um, obviously, as they had so many teams make it, and it just kind of fell apart. Um, guys coming back like Hunter Dickinson, who was you know kind of put his name on the map last year. Eli Brooks, Brandon Johns, Terrence Williams. They do lose Franz Wagner to the NBA. They lose Isaiah Livers, who I think was there for like seventeen years. Yep. Um, they do lose Austin Davis, but you know, I mentioned Caleb Houston earlier. That's a guy that's going to be a lottery pick. This is Jawan Howard's prize recruits. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who's going to start the movement. Uh, they bring in Musa Diabite, also a five-star, really good player. Uh, they bring in Frankie Collins. They bring in Isaiah Barnes. They play a really good schedule, um, non-conference and obviously conference-wise. This is a deep team. There is a continued growth and success from the John Beeline era that Jawan Howard has brought in. He had one down year and had them right back to playing well competitive basketball and attracting people, obviously having the Jordan logo on your, on your uniform doesn't hurt. Um, but this Michigan team, man, they're, they're a team you need to watch out for. They're going to be very good. Yeah. Everything you echoed, um, number two recruiting class in the nation. Um, Duke was the one that supplanted them at number one. Uh, they bring they in Devontae jo- right. They bring in Devonte Jones from coastal Carolina, which is another guard that they had success last year when they did it. They brought in Mike Smith from Columbia. Um, he was that he was their explosive little guard that they had. They bring in a Devontae Jones, who's a shot maker and a good facilitator. Um, kind of what you need when you bring in a, a, a younger team. You kind of need an experienced guard to help weather the storms of the struggles. Um, Hunter Dickinson, you know, all over the preseason, all American teams, let alone preseason Big East or Big Ten teams. Eli Brooks, Brandon Johns, Terrence Williams, like you said. My biggest thing, you know, I like this team. I like what they're building. Caleb Houston has all the makings of being an elite player in the Big Ten and in the country. I think we're undervaluing how important Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers were. I think both of them were able to score at will and create their own shots for each other and for themselves, as well as stopping and playing stifling defenses. Um, last year, they were ranked ninth in Ken Palm on offense and fourth in defense. Um, I mean, that's pretty, awesome. pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, that makes an elite team like they were. And I think nine times out of ten, they probably make the Final Four. They probably beat UCLA the one time they lost with – you know, the, in the tournament last year. Um, I think this team has all the makings to be a Big Ten contender, um, let alone a national championship contender as well. I just think we're slightly skipping past the Wagner and Livers, how crucial they were last year. 
Um, so I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a Brandon Johns or an Eli Brooks take another step up and maybe potentially replace some of that offensive scoring. Um, cause Dick- Dickerson is going to be a beast in the middle. Caleb Houston is going to be, be able to score at all three levels. Um, so I don't think scoring is going to be the problem. I just don't know if they're going to get that same defensive intensity that they had last year. Last year was suffocating watching them. They would just, I mean, they would just beat teams brains in. So I'm very excited to see this new era or new foundation of John, um, or, well, Juwan Howard basketball, in Michigan. So before we move to the next team, to kind of talk a little bit of, so people kind of get an idea of who Caleb Houston is for those who don't follow this like we do. Uh, he is literally an 18-year-old, 6'8", 205-pound wing. Um, right now, Tankathon has him as the number three small forward in the NBA draft behind A.J. Griffin of Duke, who we'll talk about next week, and Patrick Baldwin Jr. of the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who I am through the roof high on. Yeah, I think same. he's going to be terrific. Um, but he's kind of like really raw still but has this like, unbelievable talent and upside that you can see like when basketball clicks for him that yeah, watch out. Yeah. You want to run away from him because he's going to be dominant. So yeah, this Michigan team, like we said, really, really dominant, really impressive. I think they're going to be awesome. Um, they're a team. You definitely don't want to face in a tournament because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to beat your brains in and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to outrun you. They're going to out, out athlete you. So they play, they play North Carolina in the ACC big 10 challenge in Chapel Hill. And that game is going to be, that game is going fire. to be incredible. Yeah, um, there's sense. also some talks that you might see the fab five and the arena this year in Michigan with NIL and Chris Weber and Jalen Rose having that moment where they make up again uh, with Chris Weber getting inducted in the hall of fame. So that's exciting, man. That'll yeah, be really be big interested for to see that. Yeah. So We'll talk about the Buckeyes now. They're obviously arch rivals. Um, things I didn't realize until I was doing research. Did not know Joey Brunk actually left the state of Indiana. From mm-hmm. Butler to Indiana to Ohio State. He literally mm-hmm. was finally like, I guess I can leave this little state here. And he is now <laughs> going to be a Buckeye. Uh, they also bring in from the from conference in Penn State's Jamari Wheeler. Um, but this team goes where EJ Liddell takes them. I think that's the obvious. They are really talented. They're deep. Um Bring a ton of guys back: Justin Aaron, Seth Key, Seth Towns, Eugene Brown, Jimmy Sotos are a lot of guys. Are some of the guys they bring back, uh, but EJ Liddell, you know, he's going to be in the running for Big Ten Player of the Year. He's a very talented player. Um, they do lose Dwayne Washington, they do lose CJ Walker, but the guys they bring in, like Malachi Branham and uh, what's his name, Kalen Etz- Etzler, Kalen Etzler. I always get his name wrong too. Um, this Ohio State team is really deep. Um, kind of not to echo everything we've been saying. Um, but they're a pretty darn good basketball team. Yeah, last year, I mean, they were they were explosive on the offensive end, which has kind of been the opposite of what Ohio State basketball has been, you know, throughout our lives. Um, Dwayne Washington was would fill it up from three. C.J. Walker was the Florida State um, transfer that played the last couple of years in Columbus. Musa Jallo as well. They lose him, but it, the offense ran through E.J. Liddell. He was a guy that would get you on the block or on the high post and either you know take you in score or facilitate for his other teammates. Um, Justice Suing is a Cal transfer. He's a good shooter. Justin Aaron, Seth Towns, those are guys that can space the floor as bigs as well. Um, the biggest thing for me is um, you mentioned Malachi Branham. He's from St. Vincent, St. Mary, so it's kind of cool seeing somebody from yeah. LeBron's school go to uh, Ohio State. But, um, you know, Ohio State has built built a nice little foundation. for Holtman has built a nice program there. He's found his success kind of, you know, similar to what Thad Mata did. Um, hasn't made a national championship game yet, obviously, but he's had 20 straight win- or 20 plus wins in eight straight years as his head coaching tenure. So he's a guy that, you know, if you let him build, build his team and build his 
foundation and his, you know, his X's and O's, he's a guy that can produce wins for you. And I think if you're Ohio State with, you know, what you have going on in the football field and what you can bring to the basketball court, like, I think you're tremendously high on Holtman. And I think you're high on this Buckeyes team going this year. I don't know if they can beat, like, I think Michigan and Purdue are so high on my tier for me. I I think Ohio State's really good. I think they could potentially win the Big Ten, but it's hard. You're going to be hard to convince me anybody other than Purdue and Michigan. Yeah, I am right there with you. I think those two teams are just going to be through the roof good. Um, Michigan State, I want to talk on real quick because uh, it's kind of round out that group of like high potential draft picks for this team. Uh, Max Christie yep. is going to be really good. Um, to bring, you know, Joey Hauser's here, still there. God, I can't believe he's still playing college basketball. Gabe mm-hmm. Brown's back. Marcus Bingham's back. Um, they do lose Aaron Henry and Rocket Rock Watts and Josh Langford. Um, but typical. Is a way of bringing guys like just rebuilding and restaffing might have a down year here and there, but they're always going to be competitive. They're always going to be good. Um, obviously, they are one of the classes of college basketball. They are one of the elite teams um, year in and year out for a reason. But I don't necessarily love this team as much as I love Spartans teams in years past. But I do think at least they finally, you know, for the first time in a little while, have that guy that like in, in Christie where it's like we need someone to go get a bucket and he can go do that for them. Right. They've been struggling the last couple of years, and that's saying it lightly. I mean, last year they make it in as an 11 seed. Year before that, they probably weren't going to make the tournament, just like North Carolina. Um, they bring in Tyson Walker, which is from Northeastern. Northeastern played Carolina last year in Chapel Hill, and Walker was dynamic. I think he went for like 32. He's just a guard that could score at all three levels. Um, I'm with you. I'm a little I'm a little higher on this team compared to teams in the past just because they have some guards. They have Christie, they have Walker, they have AJ Hoggard, and they have um, Malik Hall. Those are all guys that can kind of score for you if you need a bucket. Joey Hauser is a guy that I'm not big on. Um, I think his, his shooting, his three-point shooting is okay, but what he gives you on the defensive end is nothing. It's not a fair trade. Um, I think this is a year for Izzo to kind of grind out that middle of the Big Ten pack and then, you know, Find, finally make the tournament again, um, hopefully make a run. But I think the foundation is there with the pieces they're bringing in. Um, I think, you know, losing Aaron Henry, losing Rocket Watts, those are guys that you can probably afford to lose. Rocket Watts goes to Mississippi State. But I think um, I think the pieces they have bringing back, Gabe Brown, Hoggard, Bingham, Malik Hall, those are guys that have played last year and played the last couple of years to um, solidify you some success in the Big Ten this year. Hopefully not grinding out, you know, wins to get into selections on day. Yeah, I remember when Rocket Watts came in, him and Malik Hall were in the same class. And a lot of people were like talking about Rocket, like he was like, that's the guy. This is, I'm like, guys, Malik Hall is going to be really good for you. Like, yep. And he has been. And obviously, you know, history says that if you stay at Michigan State for four years, there's a good chance you're going to make a Final Four at some point while you're there. So who knows? It right. seems to be a weird thing that happens, but. Yeah, they, they start the year out in the Champions Classic. They play Kansas, which. Whew, not a fun Tough. start. Yeah, but it's all right. I mean, that, that suits them well for the for the Big Ten season, and they're out of conference is pretty good as well. So yeah, be fun to watch them as well. All right, let's talk about Maryland real quick. Um, kind of. We're gonna, guess, Illinois, we're gonna do Illinois, Indiana, Maryland. That wraps it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I don't, I don't really care to talk about Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Um. Well, yeah. Let's do Illinois first because they're gonna be a lot of fun too. And obviously, my new favorite Chicago Bull, Ayo Donsumu, has has graduated. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's so fun. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I got to say that real quick for the Bulls. He's been a blast. He oh, freaking yeah. leaves every single play. He leaves it out there. Love it. Freaking love it. Um, this is the team last year. Obviously, was a one seed. Um, I 
picked to win the national title and then ran into Loyola, which that should have been an elite eight game. That should not have been a one versus eight. Loyola was that good. Um, I just think the fact they were in a not a, a smaller conference kind of hurt them there, but they bring back Kofi Cockburn, who a lot of people have as the favorite to win big 10 player of the year. Spoiler alert, my pick for big 10 player of the year. Um, newcomers, they bring in, Alfonso Plummer from Utah, Omar Payne from Florida, who I saw play in person a couple times, pretty good player. Um, they bring it and then they have a good recruiting class. Guys like RJ Melendez, Luke Goody, Brandon pulls a typical Illinois name, Podzimiski. Um, and you know, Brad Underwood is a guy that I love. I'm very high on him. Um, this Illinois team, obviously I don't think will be as good as last year's team, but I think Kofi is going to be good enough to fill in some of those spots, especially now that IO is gone. Um, this is going to be a really competitive Illinois team. They're going to win a lot of games. Uh, they're, you know, in my eyes, talent wise on paper, they are an elite eight team. Yeah. I think they're really good as well. Um, like you said, Kofi Coburn coming back, Trent Frazier, Andre Curbelo. Curbelo is like slated for this next breakout role. Like IO had last year, he's going to be the guard that facilitates for him. That scores. That's lobbing, throwing lobs to Kofi. Um, I think my favorite piece that they bring in is Alfonso Plummer from Utah, the lefty shooter that just fills it up. He shot like Buckets. 44% last year. Um, he's a guy that's going to be able to space the floor for him. He's going to be able to guys that hit the shots when they need it. Omar Payne's a nice backup you bring in from Florida. He's going to be able to back up Kofi. Um, but I'm with you that Illinois plays hard. They play together. They're a really good team, really fun to watch. Um, I think it kind of continues this year as Kofi is just a monster. He's a behemoth of a man. So it's so fun watching him catch it. It looks like he's dunking a Nerf ball on the back of a door, but he's just slamming the ball every day. Um, very excited to watch them. They do lose Adam Miller to LSU, who's actually out for the year. Um, he tore his meniscus, which is unfortunate because I really liked him as a lead guard. But Frazier and Corbello are two guys that you just kind of throw the ball out there and you say, go win us some games. And with Kofi as well in the backcourt, I think I'm with you. Sweet 16, Elite 8 at least. Um you know, I'm kind of crowning a bunch of these teams as of right now, but I love everything that Illinois has, and I can't wait to see him again next year. So I'm glad you brought up Andre Curbelo. He is definitely a guy on NBA radars right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at websites like Tankathon and Bleacher Reports draft stuff, um, a lot of people kind of have him in that late first area. He's a six-one point guard. Um, can def- can play defense really well as a good shooter. He's a really good three and D player, um, but you know has a tendency to turn the ball over and get in some foul trouble, but that can be changed. And I'm sure that's something Underwood and him are going to work on quite a bit this year, but yeah, man, I'm with you really like this team. Um, I don't know if they're as good as they were last year, but that doesn't mean they couldn't go farther. Right. Just because, you know, I don't know if they're going to be running to Loyola this year in the tournament. Uh, Underseated Loyola Chicago team. Yes, exactly. Let's talk about the Hoosiers. Mike Woodson in his first year. All right. They lose Jerome Hunter, who I just saw for the first time in person, and mm-hmm. he's athletic as hell. My God. Oh, yeah. oh my God. He can shoot, too. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that watching Indiana last year. Um, but you know, they bring back Trace Jackson Davis, former five-star commit. Uh, they bring in a lot, some really good, some really good transfers. Xavier Johnson from Pitt, Parker Stewart from UT Martin, uh, Miller Cobb from Northwestern, Michael Durr from South Florida. Uh, they have some, you know, Logan Duncan and Tamar Bates as recruits. Um Look, I'm not going to go in here and tell you Indiana's going to be phenomenal, um, that they're going to change the world, they're going to shock people. But I do think for the first time in a long time, and I know this is going to take some time, 
I think there are reasons to be excited about Indiana basketball. I think they're going to be pretty decent. That Notre Dame game is going to be a really good game. Those are yeah. two under the radar schools who are really putting together good basketball teams again. And I think Mike Woodson's going to do a good job there. He would not have been my first pick as an Indiana fan by any means. Um, but I think that this is a team to watch out for. I think they're going to be pretty decent. Yeah. Trace Jackson Davis was played like first team big 10 all last year. Race Thompson's a big guy that plays, plays hard on both ends of the floor. Um, Christian Lander was a kid that they got into reclassify last year, which I don't know why you would reclassify into a COVID year, but he's a lefty guard that can fill it up. Trey Galloway as well. Um, Xavier Johnson from Pitt is an experienced player. They bring in Michael Dura as well. I'm really big on Tamar Bates. He's a lefty shooter from IMG was originally committed to Texas and Shaka smart, but chose to go to Indiana after everything fell through. Um, Miller cops, a kid from Northwestern. That was their best player. He's a stretch three stretch four. I'm with you. I think Woodson's, um, got a nice solid starting class here. I think with trace Jackson Davis, you're going to be in every ball game. And I think they have every intention of making the tournament. Um, I'll be very curious to see how they space the floor and how their offense looks under Archie. That was abysmal at times where they would struggle to score in the big 10 tournament against Rutgers. Remember they went like six minutes without scoring. Um, <laughs> It's just like you gotta find it, gotta find a way to put the ball on the hoop. Um, I just I, I love this team. I, I you know I think they're I, I think they're high, I'm higher on them than most. I think they're a top fifteen, top twenty team at the end of the year. I really think Trace Jackson Davis is, takes that elite step, kind of like EJ Liddell did last year. Um, I think if Bates or Duncan can come in and or Miller Cop, one of the newcomers, can come in and kind of fill it up, I think Indiana will find success success early. I like it, man. I'm right there with you. Um, I know this is a little longer than we wanted to go on all the schools, but these are just two really good conferences. So it was hard not to kind of go too deep with it. So, all right, man, Uh, let's go ahead and do real quick. I think right now this is probably a seven NCAA tournament team conference Mm -hmm. right now. This could potentially be more just seeing how the season plays out just because of strength and schedule and things like that. Um, I just, you know, my cutoff is like Wisconsin. I just, I don't really like them this year. No. you know, they're obviously really boring to watch play in the first place, but like, look, I've watched four years of Chris vote play basketball. I don't have to watch anymore. No disrespect to Chris. Um, yeah. So it's gonna struggle. yeah, it's going to be really tough. All right. So like I said earlier, my big 10 player of the year, Kofi Coburn from Illinois, uh, my coach of the year, Matt Painter and my newcomer and freshman of the year, both be Caleb Houston. I'll copy Two of years. I'll have Caleb Houston as my newcomer and freshman of the year. Coach of the year, I'll do Matt Painter, so I guess I'm copying another one as well. And my, But my player of the year is Travion Williams from Purdue. I like I think it. His, I think his overall success, Purdue success rides with him. Um, I love Jaden Ivey, but I think Williams is a key for that team. Yeah, I think that it's going to be a very fun Big Ten year. And before we get out of here, uh, we had some recruiting breaking news come in just now. Uh, funny enough about a team we talked about today, Texas lands five-star forward, six, seven wing Dylan Mitchell, the second five-star recruit that Chris Beard gets to Texas. How about that? Well, that's a a solid start to the the second year, Chris Beard. Yep. I see it right here. Good for him. He's an elite scorer as well. So I'm very excited to watch him next year for them. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, like we said, next week, as we're trying to go through and get, get as close to the season, uh, Taylor's very favorite conference of the ACC and the SEC, uh, we'll be talking about next week, uh, North Carolina played a secret scrimmage against Florida. Um, so kind of curious to hear what you had to say from that, but the first year of Hubert, the last year of coach K, 
Um, obviously a stacked ACC Notre Dame's going to be good. I can finally mm-hmm. be excited about this again. Right. Um, so I'm excited to do this next week. Thank you all for tuning in for these. Don't forget to check out shot callers on Friday, um, for the, you know, their NBA reaction show this week. Um, how's your, how'd your fantasy team do the first week? I think I was like third or fourth. Honestly, I think like, I had, I had a good week. Let me look Mine at was up abysmal. Yeah, that's all right. It happened. It's early, yeah. right? So. Yeah. My dynasty team was good. This one was not so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. Otherwise, I would have had a pretty rough week. Um, but yeah, so we're going to kind of keep this going. Uh, obviously, get us ready for the year. Thank you all for tuning in. Definitely appreciate the time. Have a good night. Five-star reviews and keep ch- checking in. Peace.